and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with Lucy and Saul, two head gardeners in Essex and Devon. In light of the coronavirus crisis we are living in and the drastic changes in horticulture happening up and down the UK, we both realised that bringing a regular glimpse into the gardens we look after might bring a little joy and interest. So for the foreseeable future, Talking Heads will now be a shorter podcast where Lucy and I bring you snippets of our daily lives in our gardens as spring unfurls. We'll also bring you news of gardens and gardeners, nurseries and nursery folk throughout the UK. So sit back, take a few minutes out of your day and tune into a small dose of our gardening lives. Saul, it's been a busy, busy week in the gardening world, hasn't it? We've had um, virtual Chelsea this week and we've had um, mental health awareness week, two uh, things that I've been following quite closely and um, trying to chip in where I can. What about you? Have you been looking at the virtual Chelsea coverage? I have. Um, it's a weird thing for me. I, look, if Many people know that I used to actually manage the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, uh, I signed off for Hampton Court and then I moved on to the Chelsea Flower Show. So having to watch the show um, not go ahead this year has been quite a weird experience, I must say. I haven't really followed it much on the TV, but I did um, look at the RHS website and take a look at some of their videos and I must say some of it's been quite good obviously nothing like the experience you'll get at Chelsea but it's quite nice we got to see behind the scenes of Monty Don and Alan Titchmarsh and Adam Frost's gardens which is quite nice because mm. you don't often get to see them even on the TV you don't really get a sense of what the gardens are like so to have a, a tour around is quite nice and there's been some really good um workshops by some of the nurserymen um there's a really good one right at the start of the week by raymond everson which showed his clematis nursery on the channel islands and the lengths and extent you have to go to to breed and hybridize well not just clematis but any kinds of plants with a you know a lead time from hybridizing and getting the seed and then picking and choosing which plants you're going to grow on you know it can be anything like 10 years until you get a new plant and then you have to bulk it up and then sell it so I thought that was quite an interesting little video so in some ways it wasn't the usual Chelsea experience uh, especially when it comes to getting together with uh, all your friends and your peers that you wouldn't see during the year but in other ways it really gave a great insight into gardening and horticulture and gardens that you might not ever really get to see. So, uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I I do hope the shows do come back in their form because I really do enjoy the shows and, and not just the big shows like Chelsea. There's been some small plant fairs down in the West Country, Trugayan and Tremonier plant fairs, which uh, many people in the, my part of the world look forward to every year uh, to meet up, buy plants, talk about plants, and they're not going ahead. So I really hope these things do come back. But as an alternative, the virtual show was reasonably good. What did you think? Well, yeah, I agree with you entirely about the the um, Raymond's Clematis Nursery and the um, the depth to which he went about how they, as you say, how they breed the Clematis and how long it takes and the thousands and thousands and thousands of plants they they look at and then um, whittle down and select the best ones which is still into the hundreds and then it takes uh, you know more years of growing to to get down to maybe one or two from that initial selection that then get onto the market it's that I did find really really fascinating I loved um, I, I watched the tour of Monty's Garden on the Monday on the press day when we were, the RHS members were allowed to give that have a, that little ex- exclusive preview of certain parts of uh, of the show and I I really enjoyed 
walking around the garden with him because it felt like that. I think when you watch the garden as well, the the TV show um, with Monty's garden there, sometimes you're you're cutting from one scene to another um, and you don't get an idea of the flow of the garden. But because this tour was one continuous shot of him walking all around the garden, just sort of opening up the greenhouses, feeding the chickens, um, uh, just just sort of talking us through little bits of the garden. I absolutely love that, and it did. It literally felt like you were walking behind him. I really did enjoy that. Um, and yeah, that, like you say, there were lots of in-depth articles as well. There was the My Virtual Chelsea, which is what a lot of um, people were were getting involved in, where you actually put up post, um, photographs of your own garden on Twitter to try and flood Twitter with lots and lots of positive images of your own garden, which I really, really enjoyed looking at that. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was, it was an, obviously something had to be done. It was a very interesting take on what could be done. It was entertaining. Uh, as you say, it was, was not like the show itself, but, but, you know, it wasn't going to be. And I think that was the whole point. Mm. They were, you know, it, we, we weren't going to be in that position at all. Um, but there was a lovely buzz on social media uh, about it. And, uh, it, you know, Chelsea, a lot of it, as you know, is all about the buzz and the hype it is, yes. more than any of the other yeah. shows. And so there was that part to it, which I did really, really, really enjoy. So, um, and they're just going back to Mental Health Awareness Week as well. I think that there's been... Um, that was also combined with the the my virtual Chelsea for for a stage because the RHS was wanting to encourage people to um, think about you know uh, their mental health and and the the benefits that gardening can bring to to that and, and how it can bring calm uh, in their chaotic world and how it can flood your mind with something to keep you in the moment if you're if you're feeling troubled by things and I I thought that was a really nice thing to um, to bring into people's awareness as well and I think that there's another um the name of it escapes me for the moment but i think it's growing for the mind which is another week that starts at the beginning of june so i think the fact when we we all know that gardening is so good for your mental health anyhow but i think the the fact that it's now becoming a more um a a more mainstream topic of, of conversation i think is really really useful a that we're not feeling embarrassed to talk about things if we feel a bit stressed or anxious or, or depressed or or tense angry whatever those emotions might be that sometimes can be quite negative and erode away at you um it's good that both they're being talked about and and it's it's fast it's just fantastic that gardening itself is being recognized as such a, a brilliant way to to temper these emotions and to just bring calm and clarity and just just a, a moment of balance. Mm. I think it, for me, I, for me, I love. I love first thing in the morning in, in these these sunny days. I go into the greenhouse. I damp it all down. It's so cool. The, the neighbours aren't up. It's really early. It's the birds are singing. It's just. It's delicious. It's it's so so good for the soul. As a mood lifter, I can't say that anything lifts my mood better than being out in the garden. Uh, just. Just having a just a quick walk around Stonelands, which I do first thing in the week, just to get my head around what needs doing, what's going on. It's just lovely. Birds singing, the river running by, plants are all growing at the moment. It's yeah. Yeah, like you say, as as a lift for any mental problems, even just going for a walk through a garden or just through a landscape and just admiring the plants and th- uh, and the nature going by is 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 amazing isn't it and it's yeah, it, it, yeah. it's only going to get better we 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 have had a beautiful week weather wise i must say today's been really exceptional i've been out in the garden all day and um finally my polytunnels are 
down. Uh, I've taken the frames <laughs> down. Everything is wrapped up and put away in the shed. So the weather Lovely. has to stay on track now temperature wise i really don't want to get them out again um i've pressure started pressure washing my patio um i've got plants growing all over the place gingers bananas brugmansia are flowering um so i'm really feeling now that the garden year has kicked in for, for, for me personally i know for a lot of people uh plants have been doing their thing all spring and spring has been beautiful uh both stonelands and east donland but for me personally and if you're a veg grower as well i guess this really is the start of when you feel like the um, the gardens are starting to become bountiful and overfilling. Um, so I thought we'd just have a little chat about what we're really looking forward to in the next three months over the summer. Is there anything that you particularly really look forward to, Lucy? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, as I say, my my main focus is growing fruit and veg and um, you just touched earlier on on the the fact that you think when you take down your polytunnels and you get your your tender plants out and things start moving those tender exotics really start ramping up and getting into life that for you is being an exotic lover that's your um sort of window into the summer and for me i was doing a job yesterday in my own garden i've not done it at the hall yet but in my own garden i was planting out my sweet corn and the french and runner beans the climbing beans and I don't know what it is about that job but it is it fills my soul with such a positive feeling because it's such a <laughs> it's such a time when you know that there's there's so much promise in those plants you know I, I've, I've got the hardier crops out already but it's something about the tender stuff when you get the tender veg out for me that is that is so symbolic of I say a time of abundance, of plenty, um, of promise, lush, lush growth. I love all these tender, tender veg. They're so exuberant and just, they're just, they're so bountiful. And I think those, when I plant those out, I, I, I honestly, I was, I was lit beaming yesterday afternoon. I was sat there on my knees on the, my Manila, uh, tying in my, the beans and make, make, you've got to make sure with beans that you, especially with the runners, you twist them the right way because they only twist. A certain way, which is, I think, anti-clockwise. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that if you twist them the wrong way, they won't train up the st- <laughs> the, the canes or the or the string. Oh, right, interesting. So, yeah, they only go one way, which is which is another little quirk that I, I love discovering these things about the the fruit and veg. So so yeah, going on into the summer, the next three months, things such as, you know, for me, coming uh, from a small holding where my parents were commercial tomato growers and they grew thousands of tomatoes every year under glass. Um, the first signs of a tomato ripening for me, oh my God, that taps into something I can't explain. That is, that is, <laughs> that goes right. I'm right back to being a child. I'm like literally three, four years old, walking down the rows of tomatoes with my dad in the greenhouse looking and seeing and waiting for these tomatoes to change colour. And as soon as they do, for me, I was just like so innocent and naive. I just thought, oh, isn't it exciting? But for my dad, he was like, oh, my God, I've got to start picking the tomatoes now. I've got to get the bird controls on the greenhouse doors. I've got to phone the London markets and work out what the price is. <laughs> I bet for him the, the, that that experience is so different to what I feel. I was just excited about it. I reckon it filled him with dread. But um, to me, like I say, the, the first ripening tomato, I think, is so symbolic. Um, my tomatoes have just started flowering, which is great. I've got some that are going outside at the hall this year, growing loads of different varieties at the hall this year, over 20. Um, 
just I'm trying various different varieties for um, for flavour, but also a couple of different growing techniques this year, which I really would like to um, to see how, how they how they work. But I, at home, I'm not growing tomatoes outside. I'm going to grow them in my greenhouse. I may have mentioned I love my greenhouse. <laughs> I don't know Your br- the brand new yeah. the brand new all singing all dancing greenhouse, <laughs> so, which um, I must say I saw a picture with a barbecue in the <laughs> greenhouse the other day, and I was thinking that's a novel way of uh, using a greenhouse. That was for your eyes but, only, um, you know. <laughs> Was it? Oh, no, it's fine. It's just I shall edit this out. No, it's all right. It's, we we <laughs> we put the barbecue in the greenhouse because it was due to rain a few days ago, and it never materialised. But then, and then we just I said to Ian, I said, why don't we just try? Just because it's going to be the only year when we we're able to do it because otherwise it's going to have the proper floor and the borders in, and there won't there won't be room. So we actually did it last night as well. I had pork chops. We cooked them in the barbecue <laughs> in the greenhouse. There you go. Anyhow, so that's my kind of like summer. Um, encapsulated so it's, it, when it comes to gardening so tell me about you and, and what really gets you in the summer frame of mind do you know what? i'm going to start by agreeing with you about the tender veg because i just love getting all the cucurbits out so all the squashes and the courgettes you know being an exotic lover i just love big leaves and just when the pumpkins start rambling everywhere like some giant you know triffid it's just it is it is amazing isn't it and it, it makes you think of long summer long summer days and those pumpkins ripening it's great um i guess one of the other things that i really love about summer uh, are uh, are roses um uh last year we had a bit of a disaster at stonelands uh, i'm sure people remember from early on in the podcast that I was talking about the deer we had last year absolutely decimated all the roses and they kept visiting every three weeks so any new growth just got munched off this year not a scratch on the roses and they are growing and uh, uh, same with my roses at home as well Uh, I grow two at home one called welcome uh, sorry warm welcome which is my favorite rose of all time beautiful luminous orange rose I've also got uh, Bobby James which is a rambler but I'm training it along a fence and I'm hoping it's going to go about 30 foot and cover the whole fence that's going to look mm. amazing eventually but at stonelands we uh, we grow uh, two uh, certain roses um uh, buff beauty and penelope and they're in the mixed borders and um last week the buds were just there and i i reckon we're we're quite ahead we're quite ahead anyway on most things but i think the roses are going to be flowering roughly the first to second weeks of june rather than the third and fourth so i really am looking forward to seeing those this year because last year not a not a, a flower um came out so and, and roses and i think the uk love affair with roses is very justified at this time of year because they are beautiful flowers and, and the scent and the way they look is it's it's all very beautiful but i have a i have a sort of love-hate relationship because i really hate having to deal with them the pruning i, I generally my arms look like pin cushions after i dealt with them and every year i go i'm not growing roses ever again <laughs> and then every year they come out flower and the scent hits you and you think this is why i put all that pain yep. you know all that all, all that all that work in um and yeah roses are beautiful do you know what um, i'm gonna get you nice oh sorry i'm just gonna butt in go just on. to say i'm gonna get you some gauntlets for the for christmas now because I, i'm mortified that you get scratched to pieces with your roses you know you can get those gloves that go right up to your elbows 
Yeah, I, you can get those cuffs, can't you? Yeah. So I don't know why. I you know, uh, I don't wear gloves in the garden anyway because I have I really don't feel right in them. Firstly, I don't feel tactile enough trying to get all the you know all the weeds and stuff. But also, I just like to have my hands in the soil <laughs> and stuff. So I, I tend to that tends to extend to when I'm dealing with roses or even plants like euphorbias or even my brugmansias outside because technically brugmansias have um have a, a hallucinogenic agent in them that if it can get through the skin or especially if you get the sap in your eyes you can start hallucinating very wildly but again i don't wear gloves for them i, I tend to be very cavalier when it comes to all these noxious plants um things like um giant hogweed and, and euphorbia all the sap all over everywhere i don't seem to react to them that badly but that's yeah roses i'm very i'm I, very I look awful. i'm very pleased to hear that you don't react i'm slightly concerned about your hallucinogenic uh, plants in your garden <laughs> and um the fact that they can make you wildly hallucinate is, is, is that something that you i, I think f- some people have been affected badly by them yeah. or they've talked to me about them but i think generally it's when they've either got the sap into their eyes or they've accidentally ingested a little bit of it right um i, I it doesn't affect me at all i've, I've never had a problem have you shot, have you honest, tr- the, 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 <laughs> you've not tried to put the sap well, in your eye have true you? i haven't <laughs> tried them but the the scent of the flowers i've got two, uh, one flowering at the moment called gelberiza which is german for big yellow massive yellow flower literally a foot long flower huge great thing and the scent in the evenings mm. it will fill the whole just two flowers at the moment that will fill the whole garden and our living room with this sort of very intoxicating very heady lemony scent Gorgeous. and I just ah oh, it's the reason I grow them because um, and and a lot of my plants actually I've realized actually have a lot of scent so I there's two things in the exotics I love it's leaves and just big leaves and different kinds of leaves and just all kinds of greens but it's also I grow a lot that have scent related things and I, and I tend to pick um, when I'm trialing plants, I tend to pick the ones that have better scent because I absolutely adore sitting in the garden with a book, say, or just sitting there. And then suddenly this waft of smell comes and you can't mm. tell where it's from sometimes, but it just hits you in that sort of that way. And it just, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that, there you go. That's summer for me is that <laughs> scent wafting into our living room. Brugman's in the scent. What was, the, what was the name of the, the Brugman's you say is your favourite? It, the, the one at the moment that's found is called Gelberiza, um, right. uh, which means big yellow in German. And it is a big yellow um, flower. But I've got about uh, 15 varieties. So I'm waiting. The, that's the earliest. But um, uh, I've got um, Charles Grimaldi and Grand Marnier, which people can probably pick up even at a garden centre very easily. Mm. Um, and if they, they should try them because they are amazing, massive flowers, very, you know, very impactful, um, but the scent is just out of this world. Yeah, I, I going back to scent because I, I'm, I really do think that. Again, again, we talked right at the start about you know mental health awareness week. I, I think scent can be something that can be so strongly evocative. You know, the smell of everyone. You know, the classic fresh cut grass is a is a, a lovely sweet scent for people. And um, for me, I, I was picking my first bunch of sweet peas about. Um, just over a week ago oh, yes, and the, the scent of them mm. it gets so nostalgic for me and I do think that scent taps into something that you know it's a very primal sense isn't it your the sense of smell it it's something mm. that um I think taps into your subconscious somehow and really does um evoke some kind of feeling like I say with with plants uh, primarily it's it's a calm feeling and it just puts you at ease with 
with everything and you know things like lavender is is well known as a, a a sort of calming calming herb i actually put a little bit of lavender balm on my temples when they go to sleep at night if i'm having trouble sleeping that works a treat absolutely works a treat i am i'm really fascinated at how scent can tap into um as i say all these these um things that we don't appreciate about our brains uh again you know if you've got anxiety and and then you you have a lavender bath or whatever it might be it's it can really just relax and transform and um like you say scent in the garden uh sound um water all these different elements that tap into um things that just calm and transport you somewhere different uh well if ever i want to relax i when i was on holiday well, it was a it was a honeymoon holiday what well, a lovely honeymoon holiday in malaysia and it was a, a hotel resort that had a spa and if ever i want to relax i think about being in that spa because it was an open pool and you looked up and there was the um the large leaf fig which we have a, as a house plant in the uk and there it was just growing um as a tree and i remember looking up through the canopy to this blue sky in this pool of water thinking oh my god this is amazing and um that <laughs> you know there's sometimes when i'm in the garden and i and i can i can you, you can almost replicate that kind of um view and that kind of sensation and it's oh it's it's just 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 the best thing isn't it yeah and and the ultimate summer scent I think, and we've mentioned this before, is the is the is the best word on on the planet for 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 the the watering or when the rain comes is petrichor. Uh, is that yes. smell of the earth? <laughs> and and I, and I did yeah. smell it the other day when I watered the greenhouse, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, this this is the summer. This is this yeah. reminds me of yeah, hot hot warm long summers, and then just a, a little bit of rain or a shower, and just. I love that word, petrichor. I've taught I've, Ian and I now. Whenever we put this, the irrigation on at the East London, we've been irrigating quite a lot this week because, as I said, we light sandy soil. It is really quite dry there, and it's literally in the first few, not, not even the first, the yeah. first minute or so when you get the irrigator out mm. and it hits that hot earth. And as you say, that scent is just. There's nothing sort of like sweet or fragrant about it. It's just a distinct scent, and it just, again, just just nails it, doesn't it? So that's today's podcast. We hope you enjoy this shortened format and the look at our lives and our gardens. Hopefully you'll tune in again soon to hear about what we're up to. We understand that for many, life has changed in ways not imagined during the start of this year. Our thoughts especially go out to all our colleagues and peers in horticulture that have been drastically affected, and we hope that life will return and, like all good plants, flower again much better than before. In the meantime, please do get out into your gardens, support your local small specialist nurseries and enjoy time out from this extraordinary shift in ordinary life. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.